about Yom Kippur. Uh, first of all, for Yom Kippur, we um, do Kaparis. The preferred time of doing Kaparis is the morning, early morning before Yom Kippur. It says that there is a Chut Shal Chesed, there's a ray of kindness that comes to the world in the early morning. That's why it's the best time to uh, do Kaparis at that time. Yes, just wonderful doing it at that time. And when we swing the chicken around their head, we specifically say, we swing it when we say the word Zech Khalifasi, Tumrasi, Kaparasi, those three words, because those three words stand for the word Chaytech. God apportions life for all living. Chaytech, Chaym, Cholchay, therefore we, that's when we swing the chicken around their heads. Actually, um, there's a Yiddish expression, Ahonach Neodam. Like a chicken looking up in the other. The Gemara, what that expression is referring to is that when you are doing kaparas, you're holding the chicken, and you are looking at the siddur which has the words neodam, you're looking at it and the chicken's looking at it. But the chicken doesn't know what it's getting into. You do. So uh, it's one of the best ways that we shouldn't enter Yom Kippur. Like a hanaf neodam, in that way, is learning the laws of Yom Kippur before Yom Kippur, so know what we're getting into. Okay, so you, sw- you swing the chicken three times in each t- um, and each recital of Zayabniyadam, another three times, a total of nine times. You're supposed to have as many chickens as members of your family. Males use males. Females use female chickens. A pregnant woman uses three chickens. If she knows with ultrasound um, what the gender of the baby is, so those who say that's sufficient to use two chickens based upon what the gender of the baby is, and um, there are those, and that you could rely on them if you like to. If you have twins, and you need seven chickens. Just, 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 just for the, for, for, yeah, you, you think, five, five chickens, oh, five chickens. But then for you and your wife, you need another two. Oh, I see. So anyway, so, so, um, oh yeah, there's first five. Anyway, so, but, but the rabbit never leaves this as a question. And therefore, someone knows with the ultrasound what the gender of the chicken is, and wants to use three, they can also rely on that opinion if they like. It's customary um, to go to mikvah in the early, before doing kaparas. Let's say you're doing kaparas to your family. Who should do kaparas first? So the Shalah says, you should do kaparas on yourself first, because since you're doing kaparas for them, it's better someone who is meritorious does kaparas. And therefore, do kaparas on yourself first, and so now you're in the realm of meritorious, and then you can do kaparas for your family. It's a mitzvah. Well, they're going to say the words, but you're going to do, the, let's say, you're, 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 let's say you're, the, you're the official family chicken swinger. Okay. And let's say you're not going to Rabbi Lovatansky and, and you don't have all the, the, um, the bags, chickens in the bags, the paper bags, you don't have to hold it in your hands, you're, not, you're scared of chickens. Oh, <laughs> so, um, so after you, this chicken is slaughtered, which is supposed to actually watch the shechita, possible, the custom, the halacha is that the blood of the chicken has to be covered completely, and usually the shaykhet uh, gives permission to those who want to, to do the mitzvah instead of them, and you say a bracha before covering the blood, you're supposed to cover the blood with your, with your hands, meaning you're supposed to take the, the um, dust or the earth to cover the um, blood, not with your foot, but with your hands, because it says in the Gemara you have to show honor to Hashem's mitzvahs. If the chicken... You're not supposed to do it. You're not allowed to do it. Now allowed to do it with your foot. You have to do it with your hands. Right. If the chicken got, did not get shechted properly, um, you went to the Duke of Paris, the chicken wasn't shechted pro- properly, so then you do it again. 
I saw a scary thing once. I saw a guy who did kaparis and he can't do it again because one of his children's chickens was, uh, wasn't kosher. And he, I don't know if he did it again, didn't do it again. I remember him discussing it with the, with the people selling the chickens. And I know that Achron I'm not saying this, just saying this. One of his children, Achron passed away that year. Very scary thing. Anyways, so, do, but if the chicken was shechted properly, and um, just the, there was a pr- problem because some other reason the chicken is not kosher, you don't have to do um, kaparis again. Um, it, the, the kaparis, it says in Shechon Aruch, take the innards of the, of the chickens and put them on the rooftops and feed them to the birds. That's other birds besides chickens. And, uh, and that way, by showing mercy on God's creatures and, give, and, and giving... Um, the chickens to the birds, so then you're sh- just like you're showing mercy. It says in Gemara, anyone who has mercy on others, God has rahmanas on them. Um, giving the chickens themselves to poor people is a little bit embarrassing. It's like, you know, this, 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 this meal has been salted with someone else's sins. It's not, it's not exactly such a nice gift. And therefore, it's better to redeem the chickens with money, give them money to the poor people, and use the chickens for another purpose, not to give the chickens themselves as a meal for the poor. But just from the, even though it's not necessarily um, something that is something that each of us is able to do to put the shingles on the rooftops, but uh, and, and to put out for the birds, but it just tells you about the theme of the energy of the day. It's time to show mercy in all God's creatures, even on uh, on, on animals, and and by showing mercy in all God's creatures, that brings Rachshem's Rachman. Before Yom Kippur starts, you're supposed to ask forgiveness for anyone that you may have wronged, even if it's some, huh? Use money instead of chickens? Yeah. It's not a good idea. It's not a good idea to use money instead of chickens. Better to use the chickens or any other living creature besides chickens, even fish. Uh, but if you do use money, um, people use, say the words, Zeha Kesapielchutzlaka. This might show the stalka, however. Oh, so, so, so there is an a old uh, safer that was printed by Kahas. It doesn't say Zeha Moyes. I think as a Kesa Zeha Moyes, Yelich. Um, I don't remember the words. I just remember this. It's not the way I, I, I was brought up. I, I, I remember that in, in Massachusetts, we would say, I mean, we would do kaparas ourselves also, but for the children who weren't doing kaparas, they would say, they, would, they do with all the children together. But um, the pretty crap has a different version in the, this, in this um, um, but either way, don't worry, you can, you can use chickens of small, of course, right? No, not that big. Huh? Not that big. This week, this year, we'll help you out. Make sure. I don't know why, but my mother always used money. Okay. Even though we have the chickens, it was like that. We all the chickens. I thought it was a Really? I don't know why. There, there's a problem yeah. with the, the way the chickens were being kept at the place. That was not... Not good. I, mean, uh, I, I know Reb, Reb Getsche in Russia, someone saw this. He told me about it. Reb Getsche was a very, very pious chassid. And for him, the chicken to him was like his only son going to that kedah. Like he's Avramavino, bringing his, his son, offering his son, his only son, and he would take care of the chicken and talk to the chicken and pet the chicken. And then he had to shake the chicken in the morning. It was like agonizing. So um, I, I don't know if um, that's the reason your mother didn't want to do it, but I can understand that it, it's, it's, it's a, uh, a Yiddish feeling that you don't, you have mercy on all God's creatures, and maybe it's not, maybe not so comfortable. But actually, it's not, you're not hurting your chicken because you're doing use what chicken's meant to be used for. But, um, um, okay, um, chickens are called kaparis. Why are they called kaparis? This is reminiscent to the azazel. 
As just, just like the goat that sent out the clip is called a kapara, so too these, th- this chicken is also called a kapara. Um, okay, let's go to the laws of forgiveness. It says in the Torah, on this day God will forgive you for all sins that you've done before Hashem. And the Gemara explains only sins done before Hashem are forgiven, not sins between man and man. And therefore, you're supposed to ask forgiveness from other people before Yom Kippur. Although the whole year you have to be careful about hurting other, other person's feelings, but especially before Yom Kippur, when you're asking Hashem to forgive us, you don't want any accusatory angels to come before God and say that this person, these two Jews are not getting along. And therefore, especially before Yom Kippur, you want to, uh, you want to bring people closer together. I know somebody who specifically asked for forgiveness the day after Yom Kippur. Because he said, I don't, want, I don't want you to think I'm asking for forgiveness because I'm afraid of something happening to me from God. I actually want you and your friendship and I want you to forgive me. Don't try this at home, folks. Don't do that. But it just tells you it's supposed to be a sincere thing. And that's supposed to be just, just because you don't want to get, get, get zapped from the Satan. Okay. If someone is asking for forgiveness, it says in the Torah, you should not be cruel. You should not, you should not hold back forgiveness unless of one or two reasons. Either because you're afraid this person is not really sincere and you, and you hope by not forgiving them they will um, be more sincere. Or if you are afraid by forgiving them, they're going to use it against you somehow, then you don't have to forgive them. Um, when you go to ask forgiveness from the person that you have wronged, you should say specifically what you, how you have wronged them. Unless, of course, he's done something that's embarrassing to them, you want to remind them in this embarrassing moment, then you should specifically not, not say what you've done. When you go before someone to ask them for forgiveness, you're supposed to go with three people, and you're supposed to have something to say. And if they don't forgive you, you go a second time. Same three people, but I say again, some, another angle, another reason why you ask them for forgiveness. And then go a third time. Once you've gone three times, you don't have to go again. You want to be more stringent upon yourself and ask again. You can, unless you're embarrassing the terror. In other words, let's say you're this important rabbi, and you're going to ask them again and again for forgiveness. So then it's like you're, you're, you're showing that, that there's, it could, it's possible that it's, not, that's, that it's an issue embarrassing the Torah, but more often than not, it's just a question of uh, us having enough humility to go admit that we've done something wrong and ask for forgiveness. Okay, uh, if you angered your teacher, so then the halacha is you have to keep on going back again and again until he forgives you. What if you embarrass someone they passed away? Then you have to go take a minion to their grave and, and ask the forgiveness at their, and take off your shoes and go before their grave and ask for forgiveness. What if you've embarrassed them before, after they passed away? You embarrass them after they passed away, so then you send, a, if you can, go to the place they, of, their, of their grave, or you could also, um, I'm sorry, if you embarrass a person after they passed away, you don't have to go to the grave, you go to this, let's say you, you're in shul, and you embarrassed, you, you shame somebody who passed away, you said something not nice about someone who passed away, you go back to the same shul and announce in the same shul that you're asking forgiveness for what you said about this person. Um, if, um, if the distance from the grave is, is great, you could ask people in that city to go and ask forgiveness for you at the grave, or you can go in from 10 people where you live and ask for forgiveness. On the shachras before Yom Kippur, we skipped a chapter of Mizmo Seda after Baruch Omar because that chapter is in, in, takes the place of the Karban Teda and the Karban Teda is something which is eaten by day and by night and since in Yom Kippur you can't eat the Karban because it's a fast day so you can't offer the Karban in a way that will minimize the time of its consumption and therefore also you can bring the Karban you also don't say the chapter of Mizmo Seda on the morning of Yom Kippur and it's customary before Yom Kippur 
to ask the Gabbai to give you sweet honey cake, in order that if it's been decided that someone has to ask help from a human being, this should be the, the help you ask from a human being, and that's not, you shouldn't have to ask again for the rest of the year. It's a mitzvah day before Yom Kippur to increase in eating. It says on the, in the Torah, on the ninth day from evening till evening, you shall fast. Why is it the ninth day? You're fasting on the, on the tenth day. So the simple one explanation is because you're supposed to add a few minutes before Yom Kippur starts. Another explanation is that Hashem says that Hashem, in the language of the Kukur of Shulchan Aruch, Hashem only asks us to fast one day a year, Yom Kippur. The other fasts were instituted later because of instruction based on Mikdash. And that one day, Hashem loves us so much, he, wants to, he doesn't want the fast to be hard for us, and therefore he gives us um, a, a mitzvah, day before Yom Kippur, to eat. And Hashem says that if you eat day before Yom Kippur, you are, consi- you are given the merit as if you fasted two days in a row. It's actually customary to eat the day before Yom Kippur twice as much as you would eat on a regular day. Twice as much as you would eat. The food you have on Yom Erev Yom Kippur is supposed to be a festive yontem meal. You dip the, the chal in honey, and you're supposed to invite poorer people to your home on Erev Yom Kippur, especially the last meal, and it is a special spiritual remedy that your table should be a table um, that causes atonement. You're not supposed to eat even on the morning of Yom Kippur, heavy foods that are hard to digest. Instead, you should have chicken or fish in order that you shouldn't be arrogant and full. When Yom Kippur comes, you feel like you're a Rambo, nothing can hurt you. You're not supposed to have heavy foods like that on the, on, on the day before Yom Kippur. Instead, have lighter foods. You could have fish in the morning meal, but not to have fish in the meal after Mincha. You cannot have foods on Mar Bezerah. You can't have of eggs and garlic and dairy foods. You can have dairy foods in the morning, but you shouldn't have dairy foods and eggs and, and garlic. Um, you, shouldn't have, you shouldn't have eggs and garlic at all, but you shouldn't have dairy, dairy foods either in the afternoon meal uh, or saffron. And um, you can, shouldn't also eat sesame seeds, because sesame seeds cause it to be a lot of saliva. It's customary before you can eat kreplach. It means dough, uh, meal, meat wrapped in dough because the meat represents Hashem's justice, Gura, and the dough, which is white, represents Hashem's kindness. So you want to cover over the kindness with Hashem's chesed. The Gura with chesed. Thank you. Hey, Beryl, how are you still coming so, so alert tonight? What's going on? Baruch <laughs> Hashem, thank you. It's Minag to get whipped the day before Yom Kippur. When do you get whipped? So the order is. Malkus mikveh mincha. Before you go to the, you're supposed to, it's customary to go to the mikveh before Yom Kippur. There are two reasons given for going to mikveh. One reason going to mikveh is because of the tumas keri, for purity. And according to that reason, it's sufficient to go to mikveh one with one, one immersion. Another reason is to go is because we're like a convert to Judaism. We want to do tshuva. We want to start all over again. There's beautiful words of the Rebbe about the feeling the Jew has right before Yom Kippur coming out of the mikveh, like a kain gobel. And it's just a pure, devoted spirit to Hashem. So that immersion in the mikveh before Yom Kippur is supposed to come after you get whipped. And the purpose of this immersion is to prepare yourself also for the vidui. You're going to say at mincha time. That's why you're going to mikveh before mincha. So you can say vidui with after after you've been purified. According to the opinion which says that the purpose of the immersion is, is for is to start over again tshuva, you have to go three times like a convert convert to Judaism goes three times. Rebbe told Rabbi Tenenbaum that the way he should immerse himself 
before blowing the shofar on, on Shoshana, he should he should shade dog shade three times straight, then like a fish, and straight again, and repeat the cycle two more times, a total of nine times. Shade dog shade shade dog shade straight, then flat, and straight. So he's bending his, he's bending forward. Yeah, like a fish. So uh, going straight, then like a fish, then again straight, then again straight, then like a fish. The kavana, or that's what he does. That's what he should do. That should do. The language is like a fish. I don't know if that's any kavana. No, I don't know. And it doesn't say that. It just says, just says, just says. Uh, what's the purpose of getting whipped? Purpose of getting whipped is for two reasons. One reason is in order that we should pay attention to things we're doing wrong and do tshuva, and also in order to serve Hashem with reverence. When you're getting whipped, you should not be sitting or standing. You're supposed to be leaning on your knees forward, facing the north. And the reason for to face the north is because most mistakes are are a result of money and gold. It says come from the north. I don't know where which north. I don't know what what, what that means. Gold comes from the north. I know where, where to find the gold. Huh? Well, here's the west. Well, here's the west. The northwest. Anyways, gold comes from the north, and since mistakes are a product of money, therefore we face north when we get whipped. When you get whipped, you're supposed to use a a calf. Uh, you're supposed to use leather from a eagle. And why from a eagle? Why from a calf? Because it says in the Torah, an ox knows its master. So in order for us to be conscious of our master, we therefore, to, as reminiscent of this verse, therefore we use leather. While you're getting whipped, you and the person whipping you, you're not supposed to use, not supposed to get whipped hard. Contrary to the way they do this as, as children. Like, I'm going to whip you. Yeah, no, just touch the back, the top right shoulder, and then the top left, in the back of the shoulder, and then between the two shoulders and below. And while you're touching those three parts of the person that you are whipping with the belt, with the, with the leather, you and the person who's being whipped recite the Pasuk, Vuhur Achim. has 13 words and there are 39 lashes. So you say the, the chapter, the verse, Vuhur Achim, a total of three times. So Vuhu is the top right shoulder, then Rachim, the top left shoulder, and then the middle, between the Kasegel, three times, uh, sorry, a total of um, 39, 39 uh, times. Uh, you're saying the Pasuk Vuhur Achim three times. Um, you also know the next one is always moving one. Oh. Oh. You pick up where you last said the word. Uh, you just you say. Where you you pick up where you end it. The next verse. Moves yeah. one. Okay. It's customary to wear Shabbos clothing already before Mincha on Yom We in Mincha early in order that she able to have time to daven with concentration, be able to go back home to have a meal. When you say mincha, you say inchman essay, say vidui, you don't say um, tachan afterwards. And if you're middle of vidui, the chazan is repeating the shman essay, you're allowed to answer as in general. After you rotsen, you can answer kadosh baruch inimlech, and amit da kela kadosh, and amit da shmei tfila, and amit da shmei rabba, and amit da mirabam If you forgot to say vidui, oops, I, start, I started saying you rotsen, I walked back three steps, what do you do? You say it then. You say it after shman essay. Since Yom Kippur is a day of atonement, therefore we have to also now we have to confess our averus also on Yom Kippur, just like the Torah says, whenever you bring a sacrifice to Hashem, you have to um, announce it can confess your sins. So um, since Yom Kippur is a day of atonement, like it accomplishes something similar to a sacrifice. Therefore, on Yom Kippur we also uh, do vidui. You're supposed to say a vidui when you're standing, and you're not supposed to lean. 
while you say, on, on anything, when you say vidoy, um, and it's good to lower your head a little bit when you say vidoy, in order to subjugate yourself, and you, while you're saying vidoy, for each, uh, each phrase, you're supposed to uh, touch your heart. You, when you start saying vidoy, the first vidoy is recited the beginning after Mincha, the first one, during Mincha, the first one, and then again, you say vidoy in the beginning of the time of Yom Kippur. That means the Chachamim were afraid that a person might get too drunk in the meal of before Yom Kippur. And therefore he'll say the, the confession to Hashem in a drunken way. So therefore they established that we should say Vidu before in Mincha time. However, the main time to say Vidu, of course, is on Yom Kippur. And so as soon as Yom Kippur comes in, as soon as it's, it's, it's Shkia, you say Vidu to yourself quietly. It's important to remember this. The Minya is not saying it. You're saying it privately uh, by yourself. And you repeat again Vidui throughout all of the Shemnet, all of Yom Kippur and Shachas and Musa, Mincha, and Ne'ilah. Uh, the reason is because... Not, huh? not Ne'ilah. Not Ne'ilah. Thank you, Zalman. Are you sure? It doesn't say here Ne'ilah. Yeah. Don't do okay. Don't say it? No. no. All right. Just, just okay, the, uh, thank you. Yeah, Shana, okay. All right. It says that you say it again in uh, the word over here is, is uh, Vida. Thank you, Zalman. Okay, why are you saying it so many times? Because maybe you made a mistake throughout the day and Yom Kippur forgives until the end of Yom Kippur until night. It's appropriate for a person to, um, before, again, before you start saying Tilim, before Maidiv, before Kalidre, to say the Vida. Um, okay. When the Chazan, the Pichman Esther, and he says Vidoy, we also say Vidoy with a Chazan, although technically it's enough to, just to say Aval Nachu but we say the whole video again. Um, it's good to make a condition when you finish the Suda before Yom Kippur, make a condition and say, I want to stick with you, want you to continue to eat until you decide you want to accept the fast. And you're not accepting the fast when you finish eating. But if you forgot and you did not make this condition, you're still allowed to eat as long as Yom Kippur hasn't yet begun. Um, after the Sudam Afsekets, it's a customer to, to, to go to the mikvah again in order to receive the day with holiness and therefore go to the mikvah one more time. Minatayra, uh, the fast already begins on the night of Tishrei because as I mentioned before, the Torah commands us to add Mikhail al-Qaedash from the time before in every holiday, Shabbos also, it's a mitzvah, and it's a biblical commandment to add a little bit from the time which is not officially holy and to add that to the time of holiness. So we have to accept Shabbos a few minutes before Shkia. And so to Yom Kippur, we have to add it a few minutes. It doesn't have to be from candlelighting time, but a few minutes before Yom Kippur starts, um, you have to accept Yom Kippur. Um, okay. There's a lot more halachas. I guess we should stop here. I think. People are getting too tired already. Uh, stop now. You don't have to wait till next Thursday. We have something on Tuesday, right. Wednesday. Go stop here.